Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Time to screw around this morning. First of all, good Friday morning to you um, on the 79th anniversary of, uh, is that how many years it is? Of Marines going ashore on the island of Iwo Jima today, 76 years ago. Um, February 19th, 1945. So it is, uh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, day of days in the Marine Corps. Uh, you look at, there's that, there's that majestic shot from the air of all the different waves of landing craft, right? The island, you know, smoke covering, you know, parts of the island. And you see this epic battle about to take place. 20,000 Japanese underground. 40,000 Marines above ground and virtually no prisoners taken. Yeah, Thunderdome. So anyway, um, always mindful, February 19th, of what a significant day it is. And, and, and for me and people who have studied that battle, uh, probably more so, I have one, two, three... Three different pictures in my office of something that has to do with that. Right. So, anyhow. Um, actually, four. Well, it's two pictures and two maps. Yeah, hanging in my office. But uh, I uh, I wanted to talk about something I saw. Uh, Kim Holmes going to join us today. Yeah. And Greg Lotus going to join us. So, excited about that. Get a chance to do that. Um, but I want to talk about two articles I saw uh, yesterday. Uh, one in the Wall Street Journal, uh, opinion piece, right? Headline, we'll have herd immunity by April. Okay, so somebody's opinion, right? And then the subheadline caught my catches my attention. I don't know who Marty McCary is, right? So I read the subheadline. COVID cases have dropped 77% in six weeks. Now that gets my attention. Experts should reveal, should level with the public about the good news. You know, and, and to me, again, you're watching this play out in New York, that people think that they have the right to keep the truth from the public. I don't know what Governor Cuomo was thinking, right? But I would describe to a politician, right, the worst of intentions. Whatever bullshit excuse, right, that they have, the real reason is it helps them sustain power. If we publish this, this is not going to be good for us. And it's and it's amazing. And again, the media doesn't publish stuff that doesn't fit with the editorial, the narrative of their editorial page. 
Okay, and so, so this is the Wall Street. That's the Wall Street Journal headline. So I'm curious, why haven't I seen it anyplace else? And lo and behold, today the Atlantic publishes a piece. COVID nine, the Atlantic, not the Wall Street Journal, right? Not even close. COVID nineteen cases are dropping fast. Why? The writer's a guy named Derek Thompson. Have no idea who he is. Is a staff writer at the Atlantic. Four reasons: social distancing seasonality, zero prevalence, and shots. I don't know what zero prevalence is. Anybody know what that is? Search for it on the web. I will do that. The level of pathogen in a population as measured in blood serum. So that would be number amount of antibodies, right? T-cells. Okay, so let me, I'll just give you some of this, right? Here's from the Wall Street Journal piece by Marty McCary. Amid the dire COVID warnings, one crucial fact has largely been ignored. Cases are down 77% over the past six weeks. If a medication slash cases 77%, we'd call it a miracle pill. Why is the number of cases plummeting much faster than experts predicted? In large part because natural immunity from prior infection is far more common than can be measured by testing. Testing has been capturing only 10 to 25% of infections, depending on when during the pandemic someone got the virus. Applying a time-weighted case capture average of 1 to 6.5 to the cumulative 28 million confirmed cases would mean about 55% of Americans have natural immunity. Now add people getting the vaccine. As of this week, 15% of Americans have received the vaccine and the figure is rising fast. I got my first shot yesterday at the Long Beach VA. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Well, Max could have a mask burning party, party today. Although Colleen told me I can't do that. You can't do that. I'm like, the hell I can't. Former Food and Drug Commissioner Scott Gottlieb estimated 250 million doses will have been delivered to some 150 million people by the end of March. There is reason to think the country is racing toward an extremely low level of infection. As more and more people have been infected, most of whom have mild or no symptoms, there are fewer Americans left to be infected. At the current trajectory, I expect COVID will be mostly gone by April, allowing Americans to resume normal life. Now let me cut to the last paragraph. Some medical experts privately agree with my prediction that there may be very little COVID by April, but suggest I do not talk about it publicly because people might become complacent and fail to take precautions or might decline the vaccine. But scientists shouldn't try to manipulate the public by hiding the truth. You think? Man, I'm sick of this. I'm about sick of that. As we encourage everyone to get a vaccine, we also need to reopen schools and society to limit the damage of closures and prolonged isolation. Contingency planning for an open economy by April can deliver hope to those in despair and to those who have made large personal sacrifices. So that's that's one. Next um, is, is the Atlantic article. Uh, one month ago, CDC published the results of more than 20 pandemic forecasting models. Most projected COVID-19 cases would continue to grow through February or at least plateau. Instead, COVID-19 is in retreat in America. Now, this is the Atlantic article, okay? New daily cases have plunged 
hospitalizations are down almost 50% in the past month. This is not an artifact of infrequent testing since the share of regional daily tests that are coming back positive has declined even more than the number of cases. Some pandemic statistics are foggy, but the current decline of COVID-19 is crystal clear. What's behind the change? Americans' good behavior in the past month has, wait a minute, we got, we just got railed in, in throughout Thanksgiving in December saying that nobody's doing this shit, and all of a sudden it changed. That's why I, I, I cast a jaundice aside to this article, and, and I tend to believe more the article in the journal because I don't think American behavior has changed that much, right? And everybody everybody went crazy during Christmas and Thanksgiving saying, oh, you can't do this, you can't get together. The governor of California said we couldn't get together, right? No more than six people that are related in a home. All that bullshit, right? He's going to get thrown out of office too. Wouldn't it be a riot? I hope so. One can only hope, right? One can only hope. Anyway, I don't believe the behavior's changed that much. So if behavior hasn't changed, the only explanation you have for the plunging statistics that you're not being told about is what? Herd immunity. That this thing is plowed through the nation. Most people aren't susceptible to it. They have either antibodies or T bodies, T cells, I think they're called, right? So, anyway, uh, so the first factor is behavior change. I reject that, okay? Second one, seasonality. The coronavirus has perhaps destined to decline this time of year. But again, I think if you talk to most, most, uh, you know, uh, public health people, they say, when the weather warms up and we go outside, it tends to decline. We're not there yet. It's February. Okay? So I don't, I don't, I discount that. Partial immunity is the virus running out of bodies. I, this is what the Wall Street Journal article argues for. I would say, based on, I don't believe the fact that most people have changed their behavior too much, right? That this is probably the number one reason. This says this. This is the Atlantic article again. The coronavirus needs bodies in order to survive and replicate, and it now has access to fewer welcome hosts. 15 to 30% of Americans' adults have already been infected with COVID-19, according to CDC estimates. Since people covering recovering from COVID-19 typically de- develop lasting immunology, immunological protection for many months at least, the number of antibodies swirling around the U.S. population may naturally constrict the original coronavirus's path forward. Um, America's seroprevalence, that is the number of people with coronavirus antibodies from previous infection, is not randomly distributed across the country. Blah, 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 blah. Instead, immunity is probably concentrated among people who had little opportunity to avoid the disease. What I'm describing here is not herd immunity. Nothing is herd immunity. But it's partial immunity among the very populations that are most likely to contract the disease. Number four, vaccine. The shot works. So those are two articles. Now, I want to play for you uh, some audio, right, I want to play for you some audio that um, that doctor was on Fox News a little bit ago. So I, I was reading the article. I didn't know, you know. And then all of a sudden I see him on TV and I'm like, whoa. So here's what, here's what he had to say. 
It has been more than a year since the start of the pandemic. New report from CDC shows the life expectancy for Americans dropped a full year in that time. Largest decline since the Second World War. Dr. Marty McCary now, Fox News medical contributor, professor at Johns Hopkins University. Sir, good morning to you. Really want to get to your piece in the Wall Street Journal a moment to hear about, the, uh, about COVID and herd immunity. But uh, life expectancy, did, did you expect this? Yeah, you know, one in 600 to one in 700 Americans have died of COVID, and we've lost about 10% of our entire nursing home population in the United States. And so we're going to see a lot more of a case count come out as the studies get done after Hurricane Katrina in Puerto Rico. The initial number was in the 40. Uh, 40s, and then we learned it was about 5,000 in a New England Journal Medicine article looking at indirect causes of death. I think we're going to see that also as a result of the closures and schools closures in the U.S. And doctor, in the Wall Street Journal today, you have a piece that we commend people to read and get your take on it. it. Says we'll have herd immunity by April. You say that scientists shouldn't try to manipulate the public by hiding the truth, as we encourage everyone to get a vaccine. We also need to reopen schools and society to limit the damage of closures and prolonged isolation. Uh, contingency planning for an open economy by April can deliver hope to those in despair and to those who have made large personal sacrifices. Uh, some people might say that's uh, wildly premature, um, but you think April. Tell us why. Well, first of all, I think most scientists are well-intended. I've just had some personal conversations with folks who've said, don't put this out there in public because then people might not get the vaccine or they might stop taking precautions. But I think we need to be honest. And there's a 76% reduction in daily cases, Dana, over the last six weeks. You, as a scientist, have to ask why. And we cannot explain that by vaccinated immunity. We can't explain it by a sudden change in behavior. It's natural immunity. And it's now over 50% of the population. The reason we've sort of underestimated that prevalence is that we've relied on these antibody tests that look at how many people in society have immunity looking at antibodies but it's not just the antibodies it's the t cells that develop memory it's these memory t cells that get activated and a study from sweden's karolinska institute found that you're far more likely to have those activated t cells than you are to have the antibody a study affirmed in europe looking at uh, people who were exposed to a family member who had covid and even though they had no symptoms whatsoever, they had activated T cells. And that's why UK scientists, the BMJ, just said we've underestimated T cell okay. immunity. Uh, I, 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 and I think listen, that's why we're seeing a reduction. I saw the headline this morning. We we're all like, hey, this is great news. Mm -hmm. I've been watching the reaction online. I mean, you're getting a lot of pushback. A lot of people in the medical community say this is wishful thinking. Your words, as of this week, 15% of Americans have received the vaccine. The figure is rising fast. That will increase over time, but we're not there yet. So if you think COVID's gone by April and so many are still waiting for the vaccine, how, how can you justify that? Well, first of all, I don't think it'll be gone. I think we'll be at very low levels of infection by April. I mean, extremely low levels. And that's just based okay, on the so, slope so he, I'm just of the rate of decline. We've got to explain it. Got it, Doc. Sorry. At the current trajectory, I expect COVID will be mostly gone by April. Those are your words. Continue. That's right. Look at the rate of decline. So we've got about half the country. I estimate 55% based on the sampling capture rate of tested confirmed cases. About 55% of the country has natural immunity. Now add to that 
vaccinated immunity. 15% of the country by the end of this week, up to 40% of the country by early April. That will kick in. We saw studies today on the effectiveness of the first dose of the vaccine. The first dose alone kicks in, and we're going to see a, an easier supply distribution given the new finding today that we can use of minus 80 degree freezers. So vaccinated immunity is going to augment natural immunity. So, you know, the big, the big footnote in all this is, is his is his nat natural immunity right is his herd immunity number a valid number and he says it's based on cdc capture rates blah 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 he estimates that at 55 percent by april another 40 percent of the population will have had the vaccine getting us the nation to 90 percent right protected blah 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 and here's how it finishes it's interesting, um, and I don't really have a question here, but I thought I'd just make a comment that um, you know, but April will have been over a year, and we are still now talking about a huge uh, COVID relief bill, trillions of dollars, $2 trillion. The schools aren't open. They could be, uh, but they're not. And there's lots of businesses, including here in New York, but all across the country, businesses that are closing, restaurants that are closing, that the impact is huge. Um, we appreciate your, your thoughts this morning and, and you backing up what you said in the yeah, Wall Street Doc, Journal. Yeah, Doc, thanks for coming. It's a really interesting piece. It's going to get a lot of play. Are there many who agree with you or do you feel like you're out on a limb on this by yourself with your analysis? Look, I think about half the medical community has said, you know, they think this is correct. And I think the medical community, by and large, has been dismissive of natural immunity. I think the articles are pretty clear that, it's, that it works. Wow. Doctor, Doctor, thanks for coming. And his point is this. There is no other explanation for COVID cases being down 77%, right? Now, it'll be interesting to see this discussion. Uh, here's a point I would make. Have you seen that story written very much? Why is that data, why has not that trend been discussed in the news? I hadn't seen it till this morning. And I tell you, I think it's pretty disturbing what's happened to um, the, the journalism profession in the nation. That's an important profession in a democracy, journalism. And, um, and when what we write on the news page has to be congruent with our editorial page, and that's our bias, then I, that ain't the news, man. That ain't the news. And, and there used to be, in most publications, this ironclad line between the news division and the people that wrote on the editorial page and opinion pieces. They didn't even cross paths. The news people were news people. Now, the news people are advocates. And they're advocates for, for the, their, their publications um, point of view and if it doesn't and, and because here's you know where this goes right the vice president now vice president harris she's this week said you know we're starting from zero relative to you know covid well if this is true then she's full of shit right if this is true then everything wasn't right you know or i, I should say everything wasn't if this is true, then, you know, at some point, you know, the president, the, the former president of the United States and his administration get some credit for it, right? And so you can see where this goes. So anyway, I just thought it was, I think it's interesting. 
And, uh, and so again, I didn't realize cases were across the country were down that much. That's pretty amazing. And that's pretty cool. So, um, let me get, uh, Kim Holmes and Greg Lotus on. So, uh, let me fire Gilo up here and, uh, and I'll get him on my cell phone and, uh, and then I'll get Kim on. There you have it. Greg Lotus. Hello. Greg Lotus joins the program. Gregory, how are you? I'm doing fantastic today because we're going to get above zero for the first time in 10 days. I know, but you like that stuff. Keeps the riffraff out. All right? That's what they say. Uh, I can't say I <laughs> embrace it with open arms. That's for sure. You don't mind a little, you don't mind a little riffraff? As long as we you know, I I I like an eclectic I like an eclectic blend of uh, riffraff slash uh, temperatures. Let me give you the uh, the temperatures from Churchbridge, Saskatchewan. A welcome temperature relief after two weeks of frigid Arctic air. Today, sunny with southeast winds at fifteen to twenty five miles an hour. An afternoon high of twelve degrees above zero. And uh, Celsius, Celsius? No, she she converts it for me. Oh, Af- okay. afternoon high of twelve above. Uh, the wind chill will be at four below, and overnight um, three above. So they'll be above zero. And uh, yeah, I got I got awoken today um, because I was up. My dog eats at around five five thirty, so I get up and feed him, let him out, you know, do my morning constitutional, all that stuff. And then finally settled back to bed. And then I could hear my son and my wife talking about something about a car starting, but I tried to put it in gear and it didn't uh, go. Uh, and Oh yeah. So, uh, <laughs> my wife's got to work at, yeah, my wife's got to work at eight thirty. So, I was like, well, just give him a ride to school. And she's like, I can't, I got to go. So I'm like rushing out the door, starting my truck and whatever. Um, So I brought him to school. And actually, before I came home, God bless him, he had already texted me, thanks, Dad, for helping me out. And then when I came, yeah, I came home and I started his car. There's something going on there. I don't know if there's water in the gas or whatever, but I... I put it back in the garage. I'm going to let it sit for uh, the day and then start it up uh, tomorrow. But these are northern problems. These are not where you live problems. No, let me tell you, it's going to be, It's it was, it's been in the 70s the last couple of days, and uh, it's going to be in the 70s all, all the next week. So Kim Holmes joins us. Kim, how are you? Good morning, boys. What's going on? You know... I, I have to tell you this. You you remember when the Rydell guys used to be on uh, when I did yeah. my show, right? Ray Franks and Randy Sattler would come on, and we would talk cars. And Ray was adamant. He's you know, and and Ray was uh, Ray is probably now close to seventy, and uh, yeah, he's old. School. He's old school. Old school. And we would talk about you know when it gets cold, and people would call up with questions, and, and he says, look. You know, I'm a high school graduate. I'm not a big highfalutin college guy. You know, and people, you know, tell me that, you know, cars don't react to wind chill, right? 
He <laughs> said, he said, and I'm going to tell you that's not true. He said, <laughs> no. right, and he and he he would say he was adamant about it. He said, look, I don't care what anybody says. He said, I know. You know, I know that cars yeah. cars react to wind chill. And go ahead and yeah. leave your car outside and park it pointed into the wind, and see the difference in how your car behaves. And well, never, 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 never mind that, Mac. Like I look at the power, what happened with this polar vortex and how it dipped down to Texas and covered up all the solar panels and the the windmills stopped running because they're not used to the cold temp. And then they have to have rolling blackouts all the way up to Dickinson and Bismarck to draw power for those people. And without a doubt, we have to look at, you know, what's going to happen to the planet and fossil fuels and everything else. But let me tell you what goes out the window when it's uh, six degrees in, in southern Texas. That is all environmental factors because your house isn't getting heated and you have no running water uh, because they're not insulated and all that kind of stuff. So there has to be a balance, and maybe this kind of puts people in check a little bit. Well, one would hope. One would hope, but, I, you know, again, I I can't tell you. Everywhere you look in the country, and I don't care, you know, um, I don't care what party you're a part of, it seems like just fighting to get the truth is is the biggest fight. Like, could we get some facts on the table that we could even have a discussion with? And you can't get that. And so to ask for a balanced energy policy, you know, it's like, are you kidding me? Could we actually act like grownups and compromise? Byron Dorgan, you know, Byron Dorgan came on my show years ago and said, you know, Mac, the the lubricant of democracy is is com- is. Oh my God! What's going on? What? I think some. Where's Kim? Is he? Is he? Is he in a a, a concert? I'm right here. No, that's I think Beth talking in the background. The um, but oh my god! But but Byron Dorgan says the lubricant of democracy is compromise. You can't compromise anymore. The only thing that that doing uh doing compromising will guarantee you is an opponent in your own party's primary. You'll get called a sellout, right? They'll run all that stuff on TV. And so we can't do, you can't cooperate. And he said, you know us, Mac, up here in North Dakota, we're conservative Democrats. But, but we, can't, we can't do the things that we, a lot of times that we would like to do simply because that's not in the cards anymore. And then even yeah, this, but Mac, but what, Mac, what I was going to say is like Kim is a staunch Democrat and I am a Republican. But do you think that matters when we sit down and talk logically and and he brings up points and I bring up points like I I know I no I know it doesn't but I'm not talking about us I'm talking about the people that we elect but why can't we what, what I'm saying is why can't we adapt the way our relationships are and bring it into the political ring and say concessions need to be made in certain areas I'm sure Kim would agree that you know, most people go back to their roots, and even though they have an agenda, they could be at least open-eared, just like he is. I would hope so. Uh, but it's not, though. Yeah. Also, turn on your TV, man. Turn on your TV. No, I know. It is bur- That's the problem. It's burning That's down. It's burn. And again, so... And, and I, I, there's two There's two articles in, in, in the news today, and they're both opinion pieces, but... 
One says this, COVID cases have dropped 77% in six weeks. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? I got my COVID shot yesterday, my first one. COVID-19, and then this one from The Atlantic, which is which is not a conservative publication. COVID-19 no. cases are dropping fast. Why? Right? And then he talks about plunging 50% in the last month. And so, but but you know what I thought of when I saw both those articles was this. I haven't seen that written anywhere. Why not? Just a data point. So I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm not very hopeful well, about the. Let me. Let me tell. Let me tell you from someone that has a close relationship with one of the premier doctors in this region. Region, a doctor that writes protocols for the region as far as COVID is concerned. There is less testing going on and all that kind of stuff because people are, you know, they're relaxing these mask mandates. They're doing this and that, and people are also getting vaccinated. So, I mean, you know, you, you can manipulate numbers as much as you want, but basically what I'm talking about is the dialogue um, to further stuff, whether, like, like I'm saying with natural resources and solar power and the fact that they want to totally get rid of coal um, and they want to stop a pipeline even though it costs triple to take it via tanker or train and stuff like that. It's passed on to the American consumer. Mac, in, in Grand Forks, gas has gone up 60 cents in the last three weeks. I don't know what to tell you, man. You want to live in the Disney Channel. It ain't that way. They're called political parties. It's called political power. And it's called burn it down. That's the game we play. I, yeah, and I, well, I agree. I, I, I'm with you, well, man, but it ain't that way. Why? Yeah, well, you got to take your ball and go home sometimes as far as making a stand. And I don't know why it's not hard for three guys like ourselves to talk logically, even though ideal wise, we have some different opinions. But like I said, with a guy like Kim, who stands opposite of me politically on most things, uh, or a lot of things, the, the fact that he'll, the fact that he'll listen and not only listen, but offer suggestions or solutions. And then he'll, also talk to me that's the people that we need in there and as we've talked about leadership how many times and and we need to get those leaders that are not just yes men how though i how you watch this you they control all the money right they could they control yeah. the system how, how do you make it change well but but you're giving me hold on like, let me let me let's let kim say speak for a second um, and then we'll, yeah. come, we'll, then we'll come back to you. I know you're fired up about this. So, Kim, how do we change it? Well, uh, they've already started to change it in Washington with the new administration. That's not going to change but, anything. It's just going to be different teams. Yeah. Just going to be different set, different teams See, playing that, by their there, rules. There's one of the problems. You know, you right away. That's not going to change. Fuck, it is yeah, going right, to change. No, it's not. No, it's not because I Kim, agree, Kim. Kim, you had the same attitude when Trump was 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 there. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah, and look and what so he that, did. And he so burnt, that's and so and so down. that's the game. That motherfucker what, burnt the house what, what, down. What Greg's and, talking and about all. is changing the whole tone, right? And 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 yeah. that attitude is part of the tone, but you say it's not. 
No, I'm not saying attitude is part of the tone. I'm saying that they have to reach across the aisle for sure. That's the only way shit's going to get done. But no, uh, <laughs> no, nobody's uh, reaching across, man. That's all. That's well, all I can say. But see, that's my that's my point, Max. Is that the system that's in place now? When you have someone that would like to reach across the table, all yes. the people from all the people from your side look at it as a turncoat right. or someone that's playing both sides. Whereas I think what's the, the what's been lost in all this is that both of those people that are looking to either stay on their own side or cross the table or whatever they all represent the people and the problem is and this is where i think we can differentiate things the problem is is that we need constituents that look at what's best for the people and not the party and that's where i think we could start Matt. that's at least a starting well point. that's that's what it should have been years ago but but what i'm saying is uh you know, you got to get this uh, vaccine out. I had my second shot Saturday. Congratulations! Uh, Good. And Good. and things things uh, are progressing uh, a lot faster now with this new administration, and it, not fast enough, of course. Uh, and then it's going to come uh, climate change. Then it's going to come. Uh, 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 reconstruction, uh, uh, the infrastructure, and and you got to reach across the line for those things. You just can't say no. You're spending too much money. Well, that, that's all they do is print money, for God's sakes. Uh, and and for the uh, the other party to offer uh, uh, six hundred million for a one point nine trillion dollar a benefit package, and none of it's going to the one percent. Uh, that pisses uh, uh, certain people off uh, on the other side of the aisle, and they just flat ass say, "No, we're not going to do it." Well, they're going to do it, and things are going to move along, and not until uh, 22, when you get people from both parties in there that want to work together. Um, uh, is that it's a start. I'm not saying yeah, it's going to happen, but, but God, I hope so. Because, uh, I, if we don't, if I we don't reach across the aisle and help each other, uh, towards a solid goal, uh, I mean, the Texas was warned 11 years ago about insulating your windmills and, and your generators and all that stuff. And, uh, since it's a Texas owned company, that runs three quarters of the state. The only city in Texas is El Paso and that western part of Texas that's on the western grid. And uh, and uh, look what happened 11 years later. We don't we don't need the federal help. Well, excuse me. Uh, uh, you just you just got to get along and 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 work it together. It's Nobody's going to get rich doing this shit. I, but again, Kim I, and and Greg, I'll, I'll, we'll get to you in a second. 
I just don't. It's it's not the way they do it anymore. And and no, I and, agree. So, and and I think this country is headed for a bad bad place because we're uh, good, uh, because I will tell you when in the '60s, you you had people say, "Look, I don't agree with what they're saying, but I'll defend their right to say it." We don't have we we have a, we have generations of people now that that don't say that. You don't have the yeah. right to say that. I mean, and and again, I mean, you we remember all the protests during the Vietnam Wars. We remember the civil rights movement, right? And and the country is going through you know dramatic changes. And but there was always that bias towards one compromise and two, um, you know that the, the First Amendment was sacred. You have the right to say that. Well, now people don't believe that anymore, and we're going to have to relearn that. And I think the only way that that a new generation is going to relearn it is to live it. A lot of people are learning why it's important to have a savings account this, over the past twelve months, right? Our grandparents, yeah, right? Our grandparents lived through the depression and the dust bowl, dust bowl simultaneously, right? And I, I remember getting a job, and Kim probably had the same experience, and Greg, you probably did the same thing. Are you saving your money? Well, yeah, Grandma, I'm saving some. I've got a credit card. i got room on that. I'm, no, Michael, you need to save. Well, she, I mean, think about that. The depression was 10 years of what we just went through. Probably worse, right? And and 10, can you, if you can imagine 10 years of that, and only World War II brings us out. But that, we have largely forgotten that as a, as a people. And I think the same thing. Why we need to compromise? We've forgotten that. Why it's important to, to, to have respectful dialogue? We've forgotten that, and and I don't and, see, and I don't see anything that changes it other than something violent, really bad happening in the nation where it rocks everybody. Well, it, it's it's happening the violence, uh, and uh, it happened all summer, and, Kim, and nobody said shit about it. Well, <laughs> right? I mean, Nancy Pelosi said. They will do what they will do. And, and nobody said, uh, you know, and you didn't have this chorus from D.C. of people saying, look, looting and burning is wrong. That was largely not there. And, and, and people see it through the lens of, is this good for us politically or not? And both sides are guilty of it. Both sides are guilty of it. And I'm just saying, where the nation's headed, right, is not a very good place. Gregory? Well... Here's where I look at two two points. The first one is when a bill is agreed upon and shoved in that bill is $700 million to the Sudan or whoever. Doesn't put, put your country in as you see fit. It doesn't matter. Um we're not taking care of our own. So you ask a solution and I say, I say that what we need to start doing is we need to start, um, when it comes to those bills and stuff like that, we need to start taking care of the United States of America first. Now I'm not saying we can't render aid in a case of emergency or anything like that. But when, when we look at Democrats or Republicans trying to get a bill passed and they try to wedge shit in there, at the end in order to get it done. I think that has no place for the American people. The other thing is, uh, my second point is, when 1% of the people in the world control 30 to 40% of the money, that's a fucking problem. 
Thank you. And so, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't when agree with you have, more. Yeah, when you have that, Mac, you have to get those people on your side. And when they talk about changing climate and when they talk about making shit better and stuff like that, put your money where your mouth is and come with us because you'll be a leader historically when it comes to change in the United States because we are a superpower in this world. So we got to stop forcing this shit when it comes to bills and, you know, passing the house and all this other kind of stuff and wedging shit in there to help out other countries. And then we have to get to those, those master dudes like the Elon Musk's and the Bill Gates's and the, all those guys and say, okay, you want to be a philanthropist? Well, here's your chance. You're going to get media publicity. You're going to do this. Because those are the ways you ask for solutions, Mac. Those are two things I can think of off the top of my head. All right. Kim? Well, I tell you, Bill Gates is giving more money than he makes. Uh, and uh, if you've seen anything recently on him, uh, he's trying to solve a lot of the world's problems and the local problems in this country. Well, I just use them as examples. Kim, I just use them as an example, but there's yeah. lots of guys like that. The Saudis, the Dubai people, like there's, there's a whole bunch of guys like well, that. Jeff, Chinese. Jeff Bezos. Try somebody Je like the guy who Jeff owns Bezos? Amazon, yeah. who, <laughs> pay, right? who pays no taxes. Right. How about that? Bezos. Bezos. Right. Hey, I know who he is. Uh, he doesn't pay sweet fuck all in taxes. And uh, is there anything wrong with that? You better believe there is. Uh, and there are a lot of their cats like that, too. Uh, they need to be held accountable uh, for paying their fair share. And uh, so what, do you th what do you think, Matt? What do you think, Mac, then? Just, just those two things that I talked about, the... The shoving the bills and the one percent. What are your thoughts? I don't think the I think the bill point is irrelevant. I think that's the way politics is, and and when you make deals, you have to sometimes do those things, and those things are tend to be on the margin, and they tend to buy votes, and so you're buying votes. Why do we? Well, why do we have to accept that? See, that's the problem. Because that's the way the system that, is. That's the way the Constitution's oh, written. It's, it's the way working. the system is, but you don't have to like it, and neither do it's I. Not, I don't. I don't working. like it either. But but. Uh, well, then, then we have to change the one again. Once we have once we have a meltdown in the country, right? Then then we'll have to we'll have to you know everybody will see the necessity to pass amendments uh, that modify the constitution. But that's the way the system is now. And, 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 and you have two political parties that control all the money. They control the entire process. They control the, the entire legislative process. And this is the game they play, the game of burn it down. And they can't, they can't stop doing it. And, it's, and I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Bush for eight years, Obama for eight years. It's the same fucking game. And, and you know, <laughs> let me tell you what's stupid. And here's what's stupid, right? Um, when you can't compromise, all you do is empower the crazies on the fringe, right? Because you look at the bell curve, most people in Congress are under it. But when you put a, a stripe down the middle of it and you say, okay, you can't cross, well, where do we get the votes now to pass? Well, we got to have everybody, and that means we got to include cuckoo, 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 and cuckoo. 
right? Well, this is their demands. Okay, now we got to play this game. And that's how these people get empowered. They should be irrelevant if you could compromise. But you can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. No. So, again, I don't – what. so I ask – what changes it? And and I don't see I don't see anything that changes it, Greg. And and I your points, you know, we could de- you could we could debate your points, but I think they're I think they're moot because because nothing changes this this thing. It's like you're on a train that's rolling down this track and nobody can nobody can do anything about it because they control the process, they control the money. I know I'm Dolly Downer today, I'm sorry. That's what I believe. Well, I think not I, much you can say. Uh, <laughs> I think I because I think I they're, they're, Greg. I think we lost Greg. Maybe his head exploded. It could have. I know but, very uh, easily. Go ahead, Kim. He he was right on with the one percenters uh, that have fifty percent of this country's money and. Uh, or more, and uh, but you're also right, Mac. That uh, they're burning the, they're burning the house down with uh, these groups on the on the far right and uh, their beliefs, and the people buying into them, in Congress, uh, the Senate, uh, and until that gets resolved and those people are dealt with. Uh, nothing. You're right. Nothing's going to happen. But Kim, I, let me just tell you, and, and this is my bitch, right? The people on the far left are just as bad. What we've seen in Portland, the burning and looting of cities, right? And that that nobody, you know, that's a, you know, look what. What look, you saw in Portland was militia by Trump uh, inciting those those protesters. Right. 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 So Antifa doesn't exist. All the looting and, and burning of cities that happened all summer that would that. That was a that I was that was a, that. that was a Trump I thing didn't too. Say that. And your and your inability and your and your inability to call out both sides is what makes this thing what fuels this thing. We need, I'm calling out both sides. You just you just didn't do it. Well, I did. I called one instance. That's all I said. All right. All right, Greg. Comments. Well, I was just gonna say that. One sec. Uh, that. You know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I understand where Kim is coming from, uh, but I think he shares many democratic views and that it's easy to point at one person. Now, um, I, I voted for Trump last time. Um, uh, I think he should be banned from Twitter because he's an absolute asshole when it comes to that shit. Uh, even though he he thinks that's the only way to talk to the media, he could have done things a lot differently. Um, but he did do some valuable things. But I I would agree that no one incites a riot um, without willing participants. So the people, this is America. Um, you have free choice free reign to do what you want and when he said oh i'll meet you at the capitol and stuff like that he's not saying take a bat to police officers he's not doing this and that so i think the finger pointing not just by kim but or by myself or whoever is part of the problem because we're not looking at solutions i'm a solution guy i'm not a 
we have to understand history. We have to to understand what took place, whether it be with uh, police brutality, Black Lives Matter, all that kind of stuff, to take a real look at what the needed change to be done. But when we disguise that change with hidden agendas and bills and stuff like we talked about, then I don't think that people come out on top. I think agendas come out on top. And that's why I have a problem with it. No, again, I to me, I just, both sides nauseate me. And, and, and again, and, and we've talked about this for a long time, right? It's just it, the stakes, mm-hmm. right? It's more visible. We see it all the time. I mean, look at the governor of New York now. They withheld data of deaths in, 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 in senior citizen home, and that stuff's leaking out. It's horrible. It's horrible. And, 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 and I'll tell you what, and, and ask yourself, why did he withhold that data? We all know why, because it would have made him look like shit, right? It's a yeah, political right. move. And, and so to me, uh, to me, that, that stuff, but that's, that's the way the system works. And and now you're going to have okay. half the media embrace him and say, oh, he did nothing wrong, right? And then you'll have the you know and you know you'll only have conservative media get after his ass, and and he'll weather that storm. And he forced nursing homes to take positive COVID patients, and which which killed more people. And so right. and then and then he covers the shit up, and but that's yep. the system, right? That's the system. That's terrible. And but so. Here's what I'm saying, Mac and Kim, whether it be a restaurant uh, like Kim ran for umpteen years or a radio station that you were a part of and everything else. When you look at your situation, if it was a restaurant, for example, you would say this isn't working. Oh, well, we've done it for 50 years. Uh, We need to continue to do it. No, it's not working. We need to revamp it. We need some fresh ideas. We need to do this. What's the difference for for us and our political system? The difference is we have two parties that that can't work together. That's the difference. I mean, think about... What's with the noise? But in a restaurant, if you're not in tune with what the changes are, then you're going to get screwed. So you have yeah. to adapt and adjust and uh, and modify. Well, can you the imagine though being of your business? And I'll give you I'll give you an example. Can you imagine working your life doing Kim, doing what you do, right? And then mm-hmm. have your joint shut down if you're in the state of California and work, lose everything you ever worked for, knowing that only 1.5 percent of the cases came out of restaurants. Could you imagine that? You'd lose your fucking mind, right? Are oh, you? I think I would. Oh my God! Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Right, that whole industry has been decimated. And then where I live here in Orange County, they just said, "Hey, fuck you." The sheriff said, "I won't enforce it," and the and the restaurants are all open. Fuck you, we ain't doing it. But but, but Mac, when you when you talk, when you talk about how you say, you know, when I talk about the bills and the aid to foreign countries. That's just the way it is, and that's the system. This is what I'm talking about. If you're willing to adapt in business and those one percenters and stuff that know how to run their shit, why can't we get with them and say, okay, or whoever, and say, let's revamp this system so that we put America and the people first, 
And then after that, we deal with other problems. So why can't we redo at least a portion of or incrementally a little bit of stuff so that it improves for the people of the United States is where we pay taxes, where we live, where we choose to live because we love this country. Because everything is seen through the lens of my party. That's why. Yeah, it, and, and that's what's the problem. Right. right. Because you, but, I have a lot of views that go towards Democrats. Like, you know, Republicans are dead set against abortion. Well, I'm not dead set against every single part of abortion because if my daughter was raped or you know, incest or anything else like that, I would seriously have to consider the options. Now, it's obviously up to her and everything else, but I don't share the same views on church or going to church as many other people do, uh, even though it's not a Republican, you know, set of values strictly. At least I'm open to listening to the other side. And I think the problem is, is that everybody wants to be heard but they don't listen to be heard. They listen to reply. Uh, you know what, Greg? I agree with you. And, and again, and you, I agree with you too. But you guys have been a part of this show for a long time. And one of the things I've always taken pride in the show is that, you know, we talk about anything. I bring you yep. know, anybody on. If you'll be respectful, right, and we can have a free change, exchange of ideas. <laughs> and that has, been, that has been this show forever. And, yes, it yeah, has. And you don't see that, right? You just don't see that around the nation. It is a scream. No, it, it is a screaming fest, and and both sides are guilty. And and again, I look for okay. So what would change this? What would change this? And and I go back to you had a guy who was uh, in this case he's a Democrat. He goes to kill members, Republican members of the House softball team. The only reason he doesn't kill about 40 people is he tries to get into the third base gate, which is locked. They then cool. see him with the gun, and he's got to run around the back of the, 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 the screen, oh, right? Yeah. right? The back of the – he's to behind get, the dugouts by the bleachers. He's got to run to the first base gate, and by that time, the Capitol Police that are drinking coffee across the street – respond and they kill him and he and he shoots steve scalise and he gets a button but but again if yeah. he if that other gate but for the grace of god if that other great gates unlocked 40 people and now everybody got their panties in a knot directly after that that didn't change anything so what's it going to take no. 40 caskets in the rotunda of the capitol <clears throat> do you think that will change anything i and i don't you know what it, i don't see that you know what it takes Marco? you know what it takes it takes like when you hear it on the news, you know, you're sitting with your wife or significant other or just by yourself and you hear that so many people died that day in Tennessee or Texas or this and that. It it phases you for a couple seconds. Okay. Then you forget about it because your dog needs to go outside or your kid needs this. But what it's going to take is it for you to be on a personal level. And when people realize that this aid that's given out or all the the gas prices or whatever, when it changes their lives, then they take a vested interest in it. And that's the problem that the political part of this, it's not it's taught in schools as far as American government and shit like that, but they don't really spark some interest in kids 
um, younger kids that are growing up that are going to be the future of this nation. And I think that's that we're derelict in those duties. I, I don't disagree with you, but Kim's been watching this for seven decades, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And I don't know that I've been watching it for six or at least a better part of six, but I don't know that but I've it, ever seen. Um, I'll just, here's a data point. You turn on the news and you don't know if you're getting the truth anymore. You're getting one nah. side's version of the oh, truth, right? Christ. Right. Amen. And, Amen. and so, so, I mean, I, I think there used to be back, you know, in the sixties and the seventies, you know, most of the newscasts featured the same news stories. Who did not believe Walter Cronkite? Right. I mean. And now I know there are people that take issue with some of you know Walter Cronkite and Vietnam and things like that, but but ninety percent of of what the news ran was the news. Now you look yeah. at it and you're like, I don't, you know, I, what, let what's me, the agenda? What's right? the agenda? Right? And so I'm I don't know in my lifetime, and and you know, and, and again, the '60s were pretty crazy, um, but I don't think you know when you. I don't know that, that you, when you read stories, you tended to believe the news people were doing news, but it ain't that way anymore. And so I, I think our problems as a nation are so deep. I think big tech and I think big, big social media uh, contribute yeah. to that in a, in a very negative way because of all the, yeah. of all the bullshit that's out there. And you have to right. work, you have to work your ass off to find the truth. Well, it's not easy. Mac, On a daily this basis. Is what, this is what, and again, we've talked about this, but what are you in control of? And for me, it's my three children along right. with my wife right. and instilling values and morals and ethics into it. But again, we have the ca uh, cancel culture. We have, oh, um, if something happens to me, it must be racist or gender-based or this and that. The, the skin of the American people is the thinnest it's ever fucking been. Yeah. It's ever. That's true. And, That's and, true. When you, and when you teach your kids to hold doors, to use your manners, to look people in the eye and this and that, that's all it takes right now for them to separate themselves because they're not staring at their phone. And these are the future leaders of our country. So what are we doing? We can look at the big picture, but when it comes down to it, if we all take care of our own goddamn house or the people that like Kim talks to, or cause he has umpteen friends and, and close friends and relatives. And you do too with your kids and everything else. If we take care of that, then we might have a chance. Yeah, well, it for me, it was all about manners. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Opening doors and all that stuff that we all learned when we were kids, when we were taught by our parents. And all of that stuff has gone by the wayside. Oh. Uh, well, I, I'll tell I, you, you know, I'll, give you an to, I'll give I, you guys an example. Uh, you know, just, you know, Catherine um, uh, is, I would say, is a liberal. And so she said, yeah. well, Dad, I know we don't agree on immigration. I said, well, why do you say that? She said, well, you know, I think you want to build a wall and blah, blah, blah. No. I, said, I, said, I said, Catherine, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let me craft a solution yeah. for you that makes us both unhappy. All right? It means we're both going to have to Good compromise. And I said, so 
we have to secure the southern border because we're going to do this once, okay? So there's not going to be a wall from sea to shining sea, but we have to secure the border because what we're going to do is we're going to offer a path to citizenship for all these kids that were born in the United States. To their parents that came here illegally, we're going to offer them a path, not to citizenship, but to legal status in the country. So all you got to do is don't don't commit felonies. You can go through this process. You can stay here forever. Okay? And your kids, here's the process to citizenship. In return for that, we're going to secure the southern border because we're not going to do this again in 10 years for another 13 million people. Okay? How does that sound? How does that sound? Does that sound reasonable? She said, well, yeah. It sounds logical. Right. It sounds, yeah, it sounds logical, Mac. But we can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, and she and I said, Catherine, we're not. You think we're, you think we're far away, and she said, well, what? No. She said, well, what about, what about police reform? And I said, well, the first thing I would tell you before you castigate the police, go out and ride around with them and see what they deal with on a exactly. nightly, nightly basis. Exactly. And you know, I'll give you an example. I remember. I don't know if it was a George Floyd thing or something else, but um, Vaughn Miller in Denver and one other guy in Denver, both football players, prominent football players, wanted to get involved in community activism and and, 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 and wanted to engage the Denver police. And so, so for a week, they went and rode with different units every night. And at the end, I watched them get interviewed. And they said, so what are your thoughts after spending a week with the police? I've seen it. Right? And they said, hey, you're lucky that they show the restraint they do. What I saw, the stupid stuff I saw, the first thing is when they show up, just stop what you're doing. If you're not doing anything wrong, just and, – and they were, they were like very laudatory relative to the police. And they saw a completely different – so to me, once you go see what they have to deal with, right – that's and I'm right. not saying that there aren't people that, 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 that abuse things. But look what Minneapolis has done. They have come full circle now, right, with their violent crime rising so much that they're now spending millions of dollars to recruit more police officers because nobody wants to go work there because of the political Yeah, well, I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why because the, the thing with those guys, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And I've been on several ride-alongs, like probably five or six. And once you do that and you gain a perspective of someone else's job, you wonder how they have the restraint that they did. But now, since everything's happened, what we've done is we've given those officers an opportunity to second-guess themselves, which has no place in their job. When it comes to lethal force, because that puts either a citizen or themselves in jeopardy. Right. Now, I'm not talking about beating a guy or having no. a knee on their head. We're, we're, those are assholes. We, we, but there's assholes in every population. Right. Right. Well, so, let me tell you, what do you, think, what, what do you well, think's going to happen when the majority of those guys that go on trial get acquitted? What's going to happen what in Minneapolis? What I was going to say, Mac, is I applaud your daughter for at least opening up those lines of communication and then you pointing out we're not that far off and stuff because many times the young 
and even if they're older, but if they're Democrat or Republican, they see you as an enemy kind of and that you're really distantly apart when in all reality, it's not that far apart. No, I agree with you. And that that was the point I was trying to prove to her by saying, hey, look, you know, uh, there's nobody, you know, that I know that believes in this, what you're talking about. Nobody. And yet, you know, we we stand from, you know, people stand across the street and they point fingers and stuff like that. And then you sit down and you say, you know, well, really, we're not that far apart. The the grown-ups in the room, anyway, aren't that. The idiots in the room, yeah. you know, you guys can leave, okay? But once we get the adults in here, um, then, you know, then we could do grown-up things. But, again, I think the great frustration for everybody in the nation is that wh- where are the adults in this country? And where have they been for the last 20 years? I mean, let me tell you this. I fought in two wars, right? I shouldn't have fought in either, either one of them, right? The one in Afghanistan, we should have gone there and thumped the shit out of them and fucking left. Because if you understand five minutes of Afghan history, you know that trying to turn that into a, some kind of representative government nation is a fucking fool, oh. fool's errand. Okay, yeah. it ain't gonna happen, right? And yet, and then we st- <laughs> then we start a war that we don't even need to fight, all right? And and you want to know why that happened? Because it would polled so well in districts. Well, how should I vote? Well, it's eighty, it's eighty twenty in the district, Congressman. Oh fuck! Next subject. I know how I'm voting, right? I'm not getting away that freight train. I'm not going. I'm not even gonna go read the classified intelligence assessment. And if you would have read it, you would have found out we didn't know shit. And so, and so it goes. And so, again, I hate to sound like Dolly Downer, but, you know, my life's been incredibly impacted by this. I look for leaders. You know, I've been elected. I tried to be a grown-up leader. I tried to see both sides, and I tried to do good things, right? And I saw the way that politics got played. The night before the election in Grand Forks, when I was running for mayor, right, Hal Gershman and Mike Jacobs run a hatchet job on me, Right? The Sunday before, featured in the Grand Forks Herald saying what a bully I was and blah, 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 blah. Right? That's the way the game gets fucking played. The people in power, they're not giving it up. So, right. so again, and, and, and those are just facts. And, and the guy who was the reporter, right, lived below Kim, having a party the night Mike Brown won. He's the reporter. He wasn't yeah. he wasn't reporting shit that was true, but and again, so you see this system, and I look for things that that give me hope about what will change it, and I just don't see him, Greg. I don't see the adults. I don't see I don't see like uh, um, a joint task force in the Senate and the House that say, you know what, we're going to come together because you know together we have at least sixty members that believe in 90% the same things. I don't see that task force. But, I, I, don't, I don't see it in the that, House either. No, I, I agree with you that you don't see it. And this is what I'm speaking about. I'm talking about the opportunity for, especially when I look at your daughter, how intelligently she speaks and that bright young mind that maybe she will go and foray herself into an area where she can make a difference because the system that's in place is not the best right now for America. 
And so with big business, with the one percenters and all these people that run these companies so proficiently that there's no waste or there's very little waste and all that kind of stuff, that we need to get those people on board, not to overhaul the entire system, but just to make it more amicable so that America comes out on top. And if you're a Democrat or a Republican or Libertarian or whoever the fuck you are, that if your first job is not putting America on top, then you are not fit for office. Amen. Amen. Let me Amen to that. that that's all, that's, yeah, that's all I got. Let me, let me read you an email. Uh, this is from Dave in Backville. Is it really different? Good morning, Matt. Hey, I'm 53, born in 1967. But it was not thought, but was it not thought during the Vietnam War and, and all the race riots, violent protests, the hippies, didn't many Americans believe the end was near? Is it, it's all, is this all relative or is today really that dire? I don't know. Seems different to me. And I was born in 57. Yeah, but, but if you I believe it, I was dire. born in 44. I've seen it yeah, all. But if you guys, I know both of you. Nothing is ever too dire to fucking leave it alone and say, I'm not putting my effort forth. The reason why we're talking about this is because we're not satisfied. Now, can we make a huge dent or whatever? Possibly, but more likely than not, at least it gets someone talking and everyone that's listening and stuff like that. So with your elected officials and having the guy that's maybe not the most popular dude, but the one that speaks the best, the one that has a clear plan, the one that, that goes about his business and, and goes without, throughout the community and stuff like that, that's where incremental changes can happen. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a big, huge political brush and just wipe things out. You know, no. all I'm saying is, Put America nor first. Should, nor should it be. Yeah, I know. I mean, but, Christ, it I know, but you it guys are seem that hard to me. But you guys are pissing in the wind because that's the way it is, right? And you yeah, guys, you guys both know it. I'm not. I'm not satisfied with that's the way it is. I, I'm not fucking look, trust, satisfied with it. Trust so, me, I'm so with you, if, man. Well, if you are, then you know what? You and I and and Kim need to figure out a next step and say, you know what? What can we do to make an incremental change? Because if everyone did a, a little step here or there or in a little area, and we had that going on across the nation, shit would fucking change instead of just, you know, accepting stuff and say, well, that's just the way it is, and fuck America and the government and this and that. that. That ain't good enough for me, man. I've never been that guy. Neither of you and neither has Kim. You need to run. Absolutely you need to get a. Hey, you need to get elected. Well, well I've been well pushing because... you to go for office, Mac. Kim needs to get Your elected. Your whole life, Kim... <laughs> ever since I've known you. Kim needs to get elected. Yeah, yeah. Well, now Kim yeah, doesn't need to get elected. I... Kim, Kim has his obligation is to affect any kind of change around him. Yeah, the, Who he comes which... in town. Which, contact with yeah. every day which means i'm not going to stand on the soapbox and try and get elected because then that's when the shit starts to fly <laughs> uh, and i know i know for a fact that if if it was between mac and i i know at least he could not swear when it comes to 
absolute dumb assholes because you get these people that are on their soapbox and they, no matter what you talk to them about, they have to have their say and they won't change their mind and stuff. I cannot deal with logical people. Mac has some patience for that and he would also not swear. But that's one of the reasons why I could not hold office in a community because I listen, would just look at someone listen, and say, listen, you're Greg, I when When Mac ran for mayor and... Uh, Mayor Brown asked me to help him. I said, no, I'm going for Mac. And, uh, and and that was the last time I saw him in my restaurant. Yeah, Kim got black. I said, I said, oh, great. Thank God he won't be See, that, that's stealing just all my olives. Let me finish. <laughs> and, and when you almost won and but didn't, I was crushed. I, I thought, what the fuck is going on here? There, there's one guy in this whole town that's got his head on square, and <laughs> and and a few people do hit jobs on him. Oh yeah. And uh, and he's the most logical guy among the seven that sit up there. And you got a mayor who just wanted to get reelected and go on. Uh, who has no impact, no impact in the city. No, no idea. None whatsoever. Fucking ever. Uh, Kim, the fact, that, the fact that he didn't want to come back in your restaurant because you were going to vote for Max says it all. Exactly. Oh, but, but trust but you know what I did? But trust me. You know me, what I did after the election? He came back, I though. used to get him these imported olives in uh, a huge number 10 can. And... And uh, so, and I'd instead of him eating out of my olive dishes every day, uh, <laughs> I, I I would buy him a can for his house. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, after the election, when I hadn't seen him for a while, I walked in you there with a with an olive branch tied to a can of those. <laughs> <laughs> Olives and and had his secretary sit it on his desk. <laughs> no you know, note, the, nothing, the, just that. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I was sour about is about that mayor election is I voted for fucking Doug Barrett in the award winning Canworks newsroom, but he didn't have a chance. No, <laughs> the, uh, no you know, again, it's just, um, it, it's. It's about power, man. And even even at a even local at level. even at the local level, I you know you we'd be doing stuff, and I would be like, yep. "Are we gonna do? Are they? Do they want to do that in public? Because if they want to, then we'll go there." But you know, and, and we had a. I'll give you another example. We had another hospital that wanted to come in and and build in 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 in, in the city. Yeah. And yeah. it was going to bring jobs, you know, but the hospital that was Quash. there crushed it. Quash. <laughs> crushed yep. it. In fact, it owns the buildings now, I think. Um, well, uh, what, that's the South have Campus. Why have competition? Why have competition back? Well, I don't know. Why make them? No, in theory, competition makes things more efficient. And then, but they said not yeah. in ter- not in yeah. terms of services like this. It doesn't apply to us. <laughs> No, I mean, and so, but again, what happens is, 
you know, you lose friends, right? People stop talking to you. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, it was, I mean, it was, it was awful for me. Um, and I, I have never even talked about this, but I will right now. Um, I, there was a pool in the north end of the city. It was on the wet side of the dike and it would flood every year. And, um, and, and I thought that, that the citizens should vote on it because it, it was a historical landmark. Now, initially, you know, Riverside. Every, right. Everybody was like, it's like, well, if you could get it to a vote. And I said, and, and I said, look, it's an, it's, it's an anomaly is a historical thing. A lot of people in the community went to it growing up. Right. And are attached to it. It's a beautiful pool. Right. Yeah. And, and so, and it's in the North end. I, I said, but it is on the wet side of the dike. And we had this huge flood and, and, and spent all this money. And to do that every year, to me, you know, I think the citizens should vote on it. Well, it, initially, because it was going to get plowed, everybody was like, yeah. Well, then I can't remember who flip-flopped. And then it was, well, Mac, if you, if you now say, no, if you recant your initial position, which was I think it should go be a vote of the people – and now if you vote that we're going to have it, then we'll have it. And I said, no, what I believe is that the people should vote on it, though. That's what I believe because it's an anomaly. And if we're going to spend money forever on this thing, on the wet side of the dike, then I think they should have a say in it. That's what I truly believe, right? And I lost, uh, 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 the, res- I lost the friendship of Serge Gambucci because of it. And yeah, I'll, but, t- I'll, t- Matt, I'll tell you what, I mean, now – that was crushing to me. This guy was a legend, you know. Oh. He was a legend in our community, and and then another guy, former Marine, in the all truth thing, that wouldn't speak to me was Tom Clifford. He's, you know, today's the seventy sixth anniversary of the landing on Iwo Jima. Tom Clifford <laughs> went went ashore as a company commander of of Alpha Company, Fourth uh, Tank Battalion on Iwo Jima that day, and he and I were were great were great friends and. This hospital thing, you know, he wouldn't speak to me after it. And it's just shitty. You know, it's just shitty what happens to you, you know. I wouldn't run for, I wouldn't run for office either. In fact, somebody called me, a, a former Marine who lives up in Shasta County, called me yesterday and said, hey, would you, uh, what do you think about me running for office? And I, I said, well, just be prepared for this. And, um, and it was those kind of things. Just be prepared for the personal attacks. Right. Just be prepared for these shitty experiences and you really have to want to serve and and you really have to be prepared that that is politics and you have to prepare yourself for it because I'm too much of a sensitive <laughs> little daisy because that stuff really, really troubled me. And it, t- it crushes me. Oh, my God. So you're just trying to do well and what's fair. <laughs> right. And that's not how it's played. Right. Yeah, yeah. but, but Mac, Mac, I look at the pool thing and I think, okay, it's on the wet side of the dike. So every year when it floods, we're going to have to clean it out and spend at least 100 G to get it back into function. And guess what's going to happen next year? Probably. The it's going to flood again. Right. So let's put it to a vote to the people. Logically, you'd think, okay, you know what? In three years, we could have built another pool on the dry side of the dike, but because it's nostalgic and all these, you talk about Sir Gambucci and among other people, they're going to vote with their hearts and stuff. But when you come to their house and say, hey, 
I want your piece of the resurrection project for the pool this year. It's going to be $700 per household. They're like, what? <laughs> and, and, and that's where it stops, Mac, the checkbook. That's where that shit stops. The yeah, but, but again, stops. again, but, and, and so that was my position because I thought it was an anomaly and that, you know, if we're going to spend this money and, and it passed, for those of you that don't know Grand Forks politics, it passed and people passed it. So it's still open. Yeah, and, passed big time. But I think. And it, it doesn't flood every year. No, it doesn't. But, but. but they totally revamped the the pool and the uh, pump system, right. and they wa- waterproofed that. So if it did flood, it was not affected. I mean, it, it forced them to make some serious changes. Right, right. I went out there with the engineer, the city. I went out there with Todd Phelan. And another guy, a city engineer, and I said, so what would you do with this and all the filtration system? And they said, oh, we just raise it. We'd build a platform, we'd raise this, we'd modernize it. And I said, so you wouldn't have to redo this if it floats. No, 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 no. Here's, here's the issue. There's the pipes and there's the cleanup of the grounds and all that stuff. And that, that's going to take money. And so you, you go through and you get it down to what – and this is what I honestly loved about, about, about being on the city council uh, was – you know, is is taking that and making it as good as you can make it, and then looking at people and saying, "Look, this is what you're going to vote on." You know, the same thing. We sure. we had we had a problem with the pension plan. It was short, you know. And and Doug Christensen, who was on the city council with me, you know, we sit down, we start doing stubby pencil drill, and we say, "Hey, look, we gotta we gotta fix this." And you had people offering all these just stupid solutions that wouldn't get you there. And Doug and I were adamant that no, 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 it's going to hurt. It's going to cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars a year till we get this thing right. And that's what we promised to pay people, and that's what we need to do. And that's the best part. But, again, even in, even in local politics, there is this um, – there Faction. is Yeah, there, there is power plays that go on, and the truth doesn't matter. And it's the same thing that goes on, on, on nationally. And that's really what, you know, what soured me. And, like, you're sitting there – and you know it's a lie. And, and, and I'll give you an example. I'll give you another example. Uh, the cops and fire guys wanted their, their – they had a 401K or the – I think it was the firefighters. It might have been the cops. No, it was the cops. They had a 401K you know, retirement plan. And they wanted it to be a defined benefit plan like the military, like state government and shit like that. And it was going to cost about a half a million dollars to convert it. And so they come, and I'm running for mayor, and they say, well – you know, how would you, you know, this is what we want. What are your thoughts? I said, well, do you want to open up labor negotiations? And what will you compromise to get it there? And they looked at me and said, nothing. And I said, nothing? Yeah, Mayor Brown says he'll just take it out of the general fund. (laughs) And I said, well, I won't do that. You're going to have to help me sell this to the public. It's in your specific benefit to do so. And they're like, well, Mac, if you don't agree to do what he did, says, does, we're going to go door to door and campaign against you and tell people that you're against the cops of this town. And I said, go the fuck ahead. Yep. <laughs> and that's the way the game gets played. And they did. Yep. They went door. I used to get calls from people, right, or emails because I was in Iraq, right? I was, uh, um, and they said, are you really against the cops? 
And I said, fuck no. And then when I ran for mayor, they did the same thing. Are you against the cough? Like, no. And and then when I when I was in Iraq, we do this forum. And, and and I'm sitting, it's like, like I don't know what time it was, like five in the morning in Iraq, and they're doing this thing, and I'm I'm on the phone. And they're like, the first question is for Major McNamara. And they set me up, right? The, uh, one of the guys running against me. Would you promise the citizens of Grand Forks that you will never deploy again as a Marine if they elect you to office? And I said, absolutely, absolutely not, not. You know, the Marine Corps has been one of the great experiences of my life. And I believe it's a, a privilege, an honor, and a duty that I fight for my country if my country needs me. And so if if the reason you will vote for me is if I would make that pledge, don't vote for me. Vote for somebody else. And I remember somebody that was there called me and said, you should have seen the look on their fucking faces when you bombed that one out. Yeah. It, it backfired. But that's the game. You know what, though? Max, so many of the guys or some of the names that have come up between you and Kim and this and that in just Grand Forks politics, it's, that's where I've lived in the past 10 years or whatever. Um, a lot of those guys you speak about, it's about their name. It's about their voice and how important they want to seem and stuff. So I question their motives as far as, again, putting uh, the city first, slash state than America, you know, first. And it's all about name recognition and that power that you speak of. And that is one of the roots of the problem, as you talk about, you know, asking you to take uh, your pledge and your oath, which was a priority and what you were there for first and saying that you would dump all that just to be the mayor and stuff and say, and you stood by your convictions. That's one of the reasons why we both come on this show is because we believe in the, the stuff that you're doing. But a lot of these people, it's a personal thing and it's about power and it's about their name. Cause otherwise they didn't play any sports. They're not a singer on TV. They're not anything other. They wouldn't be heard Mac. They'd be sitting eating their Mac and cheese in their, in their house. <laughs> That's the truth. And again, I don't mean to be Dolly Downer, but you know, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've served my country and I'm proud of it and I love, you know, and I love this country and I know how good it is. And I know when I've gone around the world, there's only one country that does great things around the world and that is the United States. And I don't give a shit what anybody yeah, says. Yeah. Right, Canada, good job. Right, 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 right. The um, but but we are truly the nation that wears the white hat, and 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 so to me, when I watch, you know, politicians, right, that won't do the right thing for the country, like you're saying, for the people of this country, Americans, right, and they consistently burn it down in favor of some other end, which is their own political power. It, it, to me, it's just very discouraging. And but I I pay attention to it, and I look and think, what changes this? And if I I wish I had a better answer, I could that I could say something that say, well, I believe this gives me hope. I don't see that. I don't see Kim, that. I got a question for you. Kim, did you get a text this morning that said, "Hey, come on the radio. We're going to be on from ten twenty to 11? Uh Yes, I did. Oh, okay. I just well, look, I I'm not the one that. that fired all this shit up. You did. 
Yes, you did. <laughs> you fucking uh, turned listen, the listen, Mac, you fucking instigator. I didn't do this. Greg did. <laughs> he just another, called you out. He just called you out. I'm a hey, down the tube. I'm a victim. I'm a victim today. I did not start this yeah. shit. You're a victim. Oh, Poor baby. Yeah. I'm like Bill Clinton, man. I'm a victim. Right? Yeah. Uh, I did hey. not inhale that shit. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Kim called it exactly the way it is. Kim oh, called it exactly the way it is. He's just baiting you because he knows that you can't keep your yap shut. And if he throws a little chum out there, you'll be all I've over it. I've got my violin out, Max. Exactly. Thank you, Kim. Playing <laughs> sweet tunes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. That. I, I, I got to head out. I, uh, I got to head out. Wait a minute. Wait, you're not going any fucking where. <laughs> Yeah, I got I, my son. My son plays a, a C Squad uh, basketball game in Fargo today, oh, and I'm actually taking my wife to uh, to dinner. So, oh, good. Where do you go for what dinner? Yeah, where do you go to dinner at ten thirty in the morning? No, first of all, it's eleven thirty, and she's not home from work yet. She gets home at twelve, a little after twelve. But we're going to. So you got nothing planet to do. As, Plana Azteca apparently is this Mexican restaurant that even if you go there in the middle of the day, you got to wait. It's that amazing good. food. Like, yeah, I know it got rated. Like, all the ratings are like a 4.8 out of 5 stars. It's legit. So Where is it? I'm is it Fargo? I, yep. Yep. Wow. Wow. Where is it located? So, okay, hold on. I've got one cooking question for both of you, and then I'll let you go. Oh shit! No, no, no! It's kid? not. No, it's not. It's not a. It's not. It, it's not a long answer. Mac, I'm a huge mac and cheese fan. Are there things that Greg does with it and Kim that uh, I might spice up my mac and cheese? So, Greg, you want to go first? Well, if we're talking about just mac and cheese in the box, because yes. that's what. My kids eat. I will stay away from the Velveeta shells and cheese. I think they taste like dog shit. Um, but the Kraft macaroni and cheese, what I do is I salt my water always because that's the only chance you have to season the pasta. And that's what I've been taught by my Nona. But I boil it till it's close to al dente and then I strain it. But as I strain it, I put two good dollops of butter in the bottom of the pan so that it melts. Add the pasta if it's well-drained, stir it around, and then uh, so that the butter coats every noodle. Then I add the cheese, mix it up, and add a little bit of, if I can, 2% milk um, to it, and then pepper. And if you want to spice it up the way that my kids like it, is a little sriracha with it. Oh, sriracha. Yeah. A sriracha is like for rice, for anything. Like sriracha is on uh, eggs. I just love the flavor of sriracha. I don't know what Kim does because he probably makes homemade mac and cheese, but I'm sure there's a blend. So I'm just talking about the strict, the box kind. So I'd be interested to hear what Kim had to say. All right. Well, uh, first I'll start with sriracha. When I had my restaurant in the Blue Parrot, in 1980, I had a bottle of sriracha, a little one, on each table beside yeah. a bottle of ketchup and a little 
uh, jar of uh, Canadian jam. Oh, and fuck. Why does it have to be Canadian? You'd take sriracha and you'd just, we'd, they'd pour it over the, uh, I discovered it in the international district and I said, I got to have this on my table. And I've been yeah. using it ever since. But uh, for me, if I'm going to make mac and cheese, I'll make a bechamel sauce. Uh, that's uh, equal parts of blood, butter and flour or, or oil. You can use oil. And uh, then I cook that about 8 to 13 minutes until it, you start getting a nut, nutty aromas, uh, stirring it. And then uh, I'll add my milk in increments and get it to the thickness I want. And like Greg, you cook your pasta and uh, with salt, of course, uh, you're known as a saint. And, uh, and you can use rotini, you can use elbow uh, any, or, or penne, anything that holds cheese will stick to it. And then I That's usually right. have uh, uh, cheddar, uh, a block of cheddar grated, uh, a block of, uh, uh, I like Gruyere for a little different flavor, a Swiss yes. cheese, uh, or whatever your cheeses are. And then you stir that into the bechamel sauce and melt the cheese and then uh, season it to your liking, whether it's sriracha or bacon, you can throw uh, uh, crispy oh, bacon oh, oh, in there. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or or uh, chunks of lobster. Uh, me, I've done that before. <laughs> and then add your Max. pasta, and there you go. Well, what I was going to say, Mac, is what Kim's talking about, that bechamel sauce, I've had the pleasure of eating it. He he describes it as this, like, oh, yeah, you make this bechamel, blah, blah, blah. Let me just tell you that it's way more than that. The depth of flavor from that roux that he makes, he's talking about making it where it turns a little bit more brown and you do get a nutty flavor. But then when you mix that sharp cheddar or regular cheddar with that Gruyere that has a little funk yeah. to it, and then you add the pepper and every, oh my God, he's he's upper level mac and cheese. That, that's served a, a, a little nutmeg. A little nutmeg yeah. oh. to your vegetable sauce. Uh, when you add the milk, uh, because otherwise the uh, fresh, um, uh, oh, geez, grated nutmeg. Uh, nutmeg, nutmeg is yeah. is the best, is the best, but not too much. Do you know? Anyway, you know. Thank you, Kim, thank I you, took, Greg. I I took my uh, wife to uh, the last home game in or the last away game in Fargo. There's a restaurant called Luna. And they serve all homemade food. And when you walk in the door, they have a cheese counter from cheeses from all over the world. So Heather and I left there with um, 500 or 400 grams or a little less than 400 grams of this black truffle cheese with a cambazola, which is camembert and gorgonzola together. So it tastes like stinky feet. But we got a charcuterie board, and I ordered a bowl of the seafood or the sea bass chowder. That yeah. I watched the I watched the fish getting cut up to go into the chowder, 
Wow. It was so, so good. It was unbelievable. And this place is in a strip mall on University Avenue. You never know it would be there. But I've eaten it, it a food. couple of times. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. He he used to be Man. the chef at the Hodo. And he, he went oh, off really? on his own. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's kick-ass good. But wow. Mac, oh, Mac, do you I like mac and cheese? Two of them anymore. Hate it. Yeah, hate it. That's a great restaurant. Yeah. I mean, Mac, oh. do you like mac and cheese? Not no, 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 fuck no. I mean, I, I, I'll eat it, right? If I have to, like, okay, you can either have mac and cheese or dirt. We'll heat some dirt up, and I'll say I'll have mac and cheese. But it's not like my go-to. I mean, I mean, you see it at like Chick Fil A. He's got this big mac and cheese. I never order that kind of stuff. Come on. But no, when Kim no. says bacon and crab, I might try that shit. <laughs> I told you. I might. I, I, might, I might yeah. go for that. Right? Yeah. Kim, might, you'd go I for the pork, and and you'd go for the crab or the lobster. Yes. Either one is kick-ass oh. good. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Kim could heat up anything, and I would stick it in my mouth. There's only yeah, one. Absolutely. Only my daughter-in-law I would do that with. Right, she Susie, a, a yeah. great a, a great cook. I just spent a little bit of time in uh, North and South Carolina. Well, the last three weeks I've been oh, in North man, South she Carolina. Cook. And uh, Oof, uh, you, you know, can, I, I, let me just let me just tell. I, let me make let me make a point here, real quick. I to everybody who listens, these two guys are friends of mine because we all share the same kind of life view, and um, and I could tell you stories for hours about both of them, the lives they've impacted. And it's my distinct privilege to travel around the country now and, and do what I do and talk about the things that I talk about and to change people's lives. And But the reason the three of us are friends is I've seen Greg do it with young kids struggling, college athletes struggling. Yep. I've seen Kim intervene in people's lives, do good things for so many people, um, and it's what we all believe in. And you. you can hear no, you can hear it in, in our discussion here, and that is – you know, I think all of us are, are, are tremendously concerned about the direction the nation is going in. And, and we all know that the place we need to go, we need to go together as a bipartisan nation. Yep. But again, I, you know, like you, I, I just don't see I don't see that happening. And it pains my heart as somebody who's, you know, who's, who's fought for this country for three years of my life and seen guys die for it. No, and the, those 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 dead human beings who gave the only life they ever live, right? We we should honor that by the way we conduct our business, and I don't see that in this nation, and it and it, and it pains my heart. But that's what that's the thing that we have in common that, that has always kept us together, and our friends in that community, guys like Brad Berry, you yep. know that you know that that these guys and. They go. They will go out of their way and give you the shirt off their back to help you, you know, if if you're trying to need help. And so, um, so anyway, I just wanted to end with that. And uh, it made me Su being in North Carolina and and being around Susie and Finn uh, for the last three weeks uh, has been very cool. But Susie, you know, she I know she she texts Kim on a regular basis, and they're they're food buddies. But uh, but no. It's, oh man, uh, she sends pictures too. Right. Mother, Murray, yeah. uh, and I—I'll I, just tell you guys: the last three weeks of my life, you know, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. The, the number of kids that are out there that are struggling, 
and they don't have mental health problems. And let me tell you the suicide problem in the country. It's not a mental health problem. It's kids who come from poor parenting. They go into schools that don't hold them accountable. They don't know how to overcome adversity. And then they leave high school, and they're, or they're still in high school. Or in my case, I meet them in the military. And they're getting their ass kicked, and they don't know how to overcome it. They don't need a shrink. They need a, an adult that they respect that puts their hand on their shoulder and say, you can do this, and I will show you. And Greg has well, done it. Uh, Kim has done it with people but, that come to work for him. And that's what, that's what this, this nation needs is more of that mentoring, coaching, right, and being there for other people. But they um, need that, it. That's what we have. They need, that's, well, I'm saying they need it at an earlier age because you are yep. so right. When they, leave, when they leave high school, they get patted and say, see you later. And for years and years, they've been told, well, what about your feelings and this, that. Then all of a sudden, they go to a job, and a boss says, I don't give a fuck. Get it done. Like, that's it. Either get it done or get the fuck out. And they're not ready. They're not equipped to deal with adversity. They're not equipped with someone saying no to them. They're not equipped for any amount of shit that comes their way. And that's where the problem lies, I believe. No. Well, let me tell you, you're right. You're right. Amen. Amen. You're right. And and let but, me t- and, but, but let me tell like, you what changes like you all said, of that. Mac, you can only the people around you is who you can affect and help. You yeah. just being a politician and standing on a soapbox, that's not where it's at because you don't have the nation's good intentions at heart right. for the most part. Right. And so again, I, the things that we have in common is that. Is we help people. I mean, all three of us yeah. have. I and mean, Kim has hired guys from the mission. You know, brought guys into his job, and and I've met him in, into his joint, and he's changed their lives. They're productive citizens. I just saw a picture of Joe and a baby, and you know, a, a new baby. I think. And yeah, uh, I mean, these number sto- two. Yeah, these stories are, are are beautiful, and and Kim's changed their life. But I just want. I always end the show on this with everybody, right? Do not be afraid to put your hand on somebody's shoulder and say, look, you can do this. I know you can. I Amen. believe in you. I know Amen. you I know you could do this, and I will show you. Because let me tell you, they don't need a shrink. Only 4.5% of, of the population of this nation has a serious mental illness, and that is bipolar, schizophrenic, personality disorder, and severe depression. Everybody else is just struggling with life. And what Greg said is absolutely true. Your feelings are so important, right? I got asked, how does that make you feel when my mother, Corporal Punishment Kathleen, was beating my ass with a stick because I started a backhoe on a construction site, right? And, and I deserved every... She looked like Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, right? Talking shit with that cigarette in her mouth and while well, she beat my ass. And I deserved that. And, and, uh-huh. but, but young kids, the stories that, that, that I hear on a regular basis are, are just awful. And what they need most is they need a mentor. They need a coach. They, uh-huh. do, they don't need to go to a shrink that has them hold rocks and ask them about their feelings. That's not the way out of the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, and so No, it's not. So anyway, well, first of all, it's nice doing this. Too long, though. Yeah. 43 minutes too long, and that's Greg's fault. It's not mine. Sorry. I'm not taking uh, responsibility for that. I can't. Uh, tell you how much I appreciate this, <laughs> and and I uh, like the ten o'clock start. Well, let me just yeah. tell you. Let me tell you why. Uh, you know, let me tell you. In the last twenty four hours, I got a call from yeah. s- somebody who's producing something for Netflix. Wants to talk to me about 
maybe taking what I do and turn it into something. I got a second call from somebody who's working on another video project that is interested in including me in it. Uh, I got uh, a, an email from a from this a woman who's helping me write, you know, two books, um, saying that I think I have a publisher for the first book, which is pretty exciting. Hey. Don't don't hurt your elbow. Don't hurt your elbow. Fucking patting yourself on the back. Here. No, and I just want both you douchebags to know that I'll sign copies of my book and uh, right after your bio, oh. right oh, yeah. uh, right after your bio, I'll sign them for you. Yeah. Send them to me. I'll autograph them. Oh, you so, bet, I'll baby. You, I'll text you next week. Then. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. All right. See you, Kim. Yeah, see you later. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Until that time, fellas. All right. Happy trails. That wasn't my fault, by the way. That was Lotus started that, right? Lotus started it. <laughs> but I'm not afraid to join in. Anyway, um, on a Friday. With all that in mind, have a great weekend. And most importantly, don't be afraid to change somebody's life. And I'll make this offer. I try to do it every day. But if, if, if you know somebody that's struggling and you think that you can impact their lives and you think that them watching you know, what I do would help, as long as you promise to mentor them, right, um, send me an email address. And I want to single somebody who's done that out today. His name's Ray. And uh, he contacted me and he said, hey, Mac, he said, my mom, you know, has gone through a lot of stuff and is struggling. Do you think that, you know, she and I could watch your videos? And I got the nicest um, email from his mother thanking me and talking about the impact that stuff's having on on her life so i mean but the credit goes to her baby boy who um you know who did it and uh this happens more and more and so uh, don't be afraid to do it don't be afraid to do it anyway with that said have a great weekend i will see you back here on monday this program repeats itself momentarily. On a Friday, I am out. Okay, I'm not really out yet. I just had to let that pause for a second so I could... <laughs>